citizens anxious to remain as far as possible out of the public eye while making money in his rapidly expanding banking business. He enjoyed the reputation of a kind man, honest, understanding, and humane, yet no one could mistake the worldly-wise shrewdness in his hooded eyes nor the determined set of his large chin. He was never eloquent, but in his talk there were occasional flashes of wit which were rendered all the more disarming by the habitually lugubrious expression of his pale face. Although his riches had been increased by the handsome dowry which his wife, Picard de Bueri, had brought into the family, he lived with her and his two sons, Cosimo and Lorenzo, in a modest house in the Via Larga, before moving to a slightly larger but still unpretentious house in the Piazza del Duomo, not far from the unfinished Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore. Giovanni would have preferred to avoid public life altogether, as many minor merchants contrived to do. He would ideally have liked to divide his time between his house in Florence and his country villa, between his office in the Piazza del Duomo and his bank in the Via Porto Rossa, near the present Mercato Nuovo. But in Florence, as one of his grandsons was to say, rich merchants did not prosper without taking a share in the government. So Giovanni reluctantly accepted office as one of the priori in the Signoria in 1402, in 1408, and again in 1411. And in 1421, for the statutory two-month period, he occupied the office of Gonfaloniere. For the rest, he appeared content to sit in the shadows of his counting-house, contributing generously to public funds and private charities, investing in land in the surrounding countryside, adopting no more definite a political stance than one of moderate opposition to the civic aspirations of the dispossessed Grandi, whose banker he was nevertheless happy to be, and allowing the rich Albizzi family to exercise control of the government through their friends and nominees in the Signoria. It had to be agreed even by their political opponents that this period of rule by the Albizzi and their associates had not so far been particularly unpopular in Florence, coinciding as it did with a time of relative prosperity. It had been a harsh rule, to be sure. Opposition to it had been rigorously crushed. Malcontents and rivals had been arrested, banished, impoverished, even executed. But Florentine territories had gradually and continually expanded. Before the Albizzi came to power, these territories already stretched far beyond the walls of the city, and included the towns of Pistoia, Volterra, and Prato, which was bought from the Queen of Naples in 1351. But since they had successfully taken over the government, the Albizzi had not only gained possession of Arezzo, they had also opened up a passage to the sea by capturing Pisa and its port Porto Pisano in 1406, and in 1421 they had bought Leghorn from the Genoese. The acquisition of these ports, celebrated at Pisa by the launching of the first Florentine armed galley, immensely increased the wealth of the Republic and gave a new impetus to the trade in wool and cloth upon which its prosperity had long depended. From England and the Low Countries, as well as from the hills and valleys of Tuscany, vast quantities of wool had for generations come into Florence to be refined, dyed, and re-exported. Before the Black Death, the industry was believed to have supported as many as 30,000 people. This explained the importance and influence of the Arte di Calimala and the Arte della Lana, the cloth and wool trade guilds, 
which for so long had played an essential part in the government of the city and had been responsible for the construction of so many of its finest buildings. The building of the Cathedral of Santa Maria del Fiore, for instance, had been entrusted to officials of the Arte della Lana, whose emblem of a lamb was a notable feature on its walls. The owner of two wool workshops in Florence, Giovanni di Bici de' Medici, was a member of the Arte della Lana, but since his main interest was banking, he was also a member of the Arte del Cambio, a guild whose prestige had been increasing ever since 1252, when the bankers of the city had issued a beautiful small gold coin, stamped on its reverse side with the city's Latin name Florentia, and on the obverse with its emblem, the lily. This was the famous Fiorino d'Oro, which became internationally known as the flower, the Florence or the Florin. It contained 54 grains of fine gold, and in terms of purchasing power, the florin of the 1430s might be...